Just get to the Bible, to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. And Lord, we ask now that your Holy Spirit and power would speak to us right now. Your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord. In just a mighty, mighty way, Lord, just let us wash, walk out of here washed in the water of your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we are going to look down to verse 40 this morning. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. So Jesus has been at Capernaum. The multitudes came to him all night long to be healed right after the end of the Sabbath was over. The next day, the entire region shows up. But you've got to understand, lepers were put in their own special locations. They couldn't be around people. A matter of fact, once you got leprosy, you couldn't be touched or touch anyone. You were isolated. They definitely wouldn't have allowed you to come into the city. They would have stoned you to death even trying. But the next morning, Jesus goes away to spend time in prayer. An important point. Because in the Gospel of John, a dozen times he says, Of myself, I say nothing. Of myself, I do nothing. Only as I hear the Father speak, I repeat what he says. Only as I see what the Father's doing, I just follow what he's doing. That's for all of us. We don't want to be doing our thing and asking God to bless it. We just want to go daily to the Father. In Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5, Jesus prophesying of his own time on earth and flesh. He says, I'll awaken morning by morning. I'll quicken my ear to hear as a disciple to know what I'm to speak and how to have a word for the weary in the day. And he said, I was not rebellious, nor did I turn my back. That in my human flesh, I said, no, get up. Spend time with the Father. And then from that filling of the Father's voice, heart, desire, now go through the day. I mean, how many of you guys have experience where you seek God in the morning, get filled up in the word, touch his heart. Sometimes you feel it. It's a wonderful feeling. Sometimes it's dry and you don't feel it. And you're going, why did I even bother? Feelings come and go. But, but yet you do that. And you walk through the day with this sense of a theme, of a word. Your, your heart is spiritually minded and you're able to touch and speak. And opposite true. How many of you didn't spend time with the Father. Maybe you did several days in a row, maybe months in a row, and then all of a sudden, it ended. And all of a sudden, you, you hit 10 a.m., or, or you hit 1 a.m., and, and this has gone wrong. That's, oh, this is such a hard day. And you get home, and you read the passage that you would have read that morning, and you go, oh, had I had this on my heart, it's on my heart tonight, all day long, it would have been a much different day. I would have been spiritually minded. 
there would have been a, a, a theme that would have caused my reaction and my words and my attitude to be different. Faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God. It says in Hebrews 11, without faith, it's impossible to please God. All the men of history who gained approval with God by faith. They walked in faith. And to be honest with you, to seek the Lord first thing in the morning because his word says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know his word to be true. And you spend that time with him and you're saying, whether I feel it or experience it, uh, it doesn't matter. I know the word of God's true. That's a step of faith. Every time you do that, you rejoice the heart of God. And of course, Jesus gives, we're following his example, right? That's what the Bible constantly tells us. Imitate Christ. Walk as Christ walked. Whether it's his relationship with the Father, whether it's his mercy, his love, his kindness, the way he looked at Phariseeism, religiosity, Whatever it is, walk as Jesus would walk. Well, we see that Jesus spent time with the Father. And after spending time there in prayer, he now is confronted with a number of issues. And now that he is there in the morning, the disciples come out and say, Jesus, man, you're, fam you're famous. We've got to go back in town. Everybody's showing up from all over the place. And Jesus said, nope, we're leaving the big cities, we're gonna to go to all the little hick towns. And now being on the outskirts, out in the middle of nowhere from one place to another, for the first time, even though many other diseases have been healed, he now confronts a leper, or I should say, a leper confronts him. Leprosy is a brutal disease. You say, wow, I'm glad that's back in the olden days. Quite wrong. Actually, in the last 20 years, over 16 million people have had leprosy. A matter of fact, according to um, the stats on this, on the global registration, last year was 173,358 lepers identified in 145 different countries. This year, it's gone up in the year 2016, or excuse me, 2017, it's gone up now to 216,108. So a, a tremendous leap in this last year about how many people have leprosy. I just had a pastor conference and I talked to a pastor and, and something he does regularly with the church is they go to visit a leper colony in India. It's basically a little third world city in a third world country. So you can imagine uh, they're, they're worse off than the country around them. Some people look very normal and other people look beyond hideous. Um, the incubation period on average is about five years, but it could actually be in the body for up to 20 years before it manifests. And um, today we do have a cure about 100 years ago, Dr. Hansen uh, identified the bacteria, and uh, he was able to um, 
identified a particular type of bacteria, and they were able to come up with a cure, uh, a multi-drug therapy, MDT. But again, it doesn't always reach people in time. But at this time, what would have this chronic disease look like? Well, it attacks the skin. That's one of the first places you'd get tired and your joints ache. You're going, I'm going to have leprosy. No, no, it's much more than just being tired and joints achy, and I, I, I know that. We, um, there's a red spot on your body. Oh, three for three. Oh, man. Um, and, and then it, it, it begins to, to spread. You know, after the skin, the real thing is, is just, you don't feel anything anymore. Your nerve endings get destroyed. This is why you see lepers with their hands covered and their feet all bundled up. It's not because things are falling off. It's because they'll crush their hand. They'll tear up their foot and they don't know it. And some guy will say, hey, your toe's dangling off there. It's not because it's rotting off. It's because they've ripped it off because they can't feel their limbs. But sure enough, that's exactly what happens. The skin disease does start to rot away. The digits, the nose begins to fall off. The ears, the teeth fall out. And, and the third thing outside of the nerves is the, the mucocus of the respiratory system stops. In other words, your head dries up. There's no fluid in your eyes, in your sinuses. There's nothing to lubricate things. And so the eyes begin to shrink into the head and go blind just simply because there's no liquidity left in the body. And so when you were to see a leopard in this day, what was Jesus looking at? Probably a guy who his face was shrunk in, his, his uh, skull began to show, no teeth left, maybe one eye just into the darkness, there's nothing left but a, but a hole. The other eye, maybe blurrily he can see, tapping around, almost blind, shriveled up, covered up. You know, the, the, the difficult thing about leprosy is once they say, you got leprosy, you can never touch or be touched. Do you understand how emotionally hurtful that would be? Do we understand the power of the touch? I'm a touchy-feeling person. So there's some cultures, especially like England, you just never touch anybody. But there's other cultures that are huggy cultures, and I love those cultures. But to imagine to, to not have the hug of your own mother or your own spouse or your own kids or your own parents, the little five-year-old kid wanting to hug his dad, and he can't. I, I can't imagine the depression that would cause to a person. And then they're isolated. They're put away in some leper colony camp, probably a very worst of the worst of these days. People rotting. They say that the smell of the rotting, rotting of leprosy can be smelled from 
many hundreds of yards away. And it's a distinct rotting smell like no other smell. So you're in this camp and it's the stench, the isolation. You're not able to be touched. I, I can't imagine how desperate such a person could become. Now, leprosy is a picture. Oh, Merry Christmas, by the way. Um, <laughs> leprosy is a picture, by the way, of, of sin. Throughout the scripture, it is saying the physical aspects you see in leprosy are sort of what's spiritually going on behind the scenes in a person who has spiritual leprosy. There's not the touch of God. They are not touching God. They're isolated without that presence. I've been in times in my life where I have not sensed the presence of God. And it was the most dark time, the most hurtful time. That's a dark place. And I, and I think of people around us in the world who don't know Christ. And I remember that sense of, of felt, feeling like God's presence had, had forsaken me. And, and there was only the presence of myself, the spirit of my own spirit, and the spirit of the world around me. And it was such a hopeless, hopeless thing. And, and I realized that all those scriptures on hope, people without hope because they're without God in this world. And these people at this time would have been seen by their fellow man as, well, God's obviously smiting you. Now, not that the Bible teaches that at all. It just simply said it's a picture of that. But that's the way they interpreted it in those days. So they saw them spiritually as unclean. This is why you don't see a leper healed in the Bible. You see a person with leprosy cleansed. And so he comes and, and he hears of the power of Jesus. And we see this guy in bundles of clothes. And maybe you just see his eyes. And, and like I said, it would be a hideous thing, completely covered, giant wrappings on the feet and on the hands and 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 here he he sees this group of men coming and and he understands it's Jesus and somehow he he's able in his difficult place to kneel down and he already has heard of the power of Jesus he has no doubt that the diseases Jesus has already healed shows a sufficient power to heal him. The question is, are you willing to make me clean? Not heal me, but clean me. Guys, that's why we're here right now. 2,017 years ago, give or take about four years. Jesus was born. And in essence, God is saying, I so love the world. 
Isn't that John 3.16? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, rot away with spiritual leprosy, but have eternal life. God so loved the world. Guys, I'm 57 years old. You understand what that means? It means you've seen enough of humanity. I don't see too many lovely things about humanity. I'm in sort of that old grouchy thing where I just want to go move somewhere, not to get property. I, I hate taking care of property. I had a large house in Bonita, and I, it was a pain. I got rid of it. I live in a condo. I'm very happy. But just so I don't have to see people as much. The, more, the better I get to see people, I, I'm just like, I, I really want to be away from them. I, I am at that point where I, I like people less than I did last year. You know, in, in your 20s, it's like, whoa, people are great. I love people. And, you know, in your 30s, you have little kids. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Then they get to be teenagers, and you're just like, it's less wonderful. <laughs> and then they get in their 20s and their 30s, and, and, and you're, you're just like, ah, uh, this is, this is hard. But God sees it all. He sees Adam. He sees Hitler and Osama bin Laden. And <laughs> he sees all the serial killers. And he sees you at your worst. <laughs> would anybody be your friend if they saw you at your worst? Or would they like see you sitting over here and they go sit over there? Would they want to live next door to you? If they saw you at your worst? I, I don't understand how God, who truly understands the depths of our sinfulness, and even at our best, we're still pretty selfish and self-consumed and greedy and lustful and angry, right? And our motives, even doing the right thing sometimes, are so bad. And it blows my mind when I think about it, where God doesn't say, I want to cleanse you, but I want you to go to heaven with me for a couple of hours. That's about all I can handle. I'm going to let you come to heaven for, you know, a year and then snuff you out. You know, it won't be painful. It just... About a year with you is about all I can handle. I'm God. That's the reason I can handle a year. <laughs> More than that with you and who you are, yuck. It's amazing to me that God so loves the world that he looks at you as the most prized possession of all of creation and he yearns, he cries, he desires, he pleads. His Holy Spirit's in the world convicting and calling men to say, let me cleanse you so you can live with me 
I can see you every day. You can look in my face every day for all of eternity. When Jesus came as a baby, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he did that all the way to dying on a cross. God so loves you. God so cherishes you. Jesus, they were trying to figure this out, and Jesus said, look, it's like this. If a guy's digging around in a field and he clunk, finds a buried treasure in that field, what does he do? He bears it back up. And then he goes and sells everything, has nothing left but just enough money to buy the field. And people are going, why are you spending so much money buying that field? It's not worth anywhere near that much money. But he knows there's a treasure in that field. This is the mind of, of God. God looks at you as the treasure of all treasures. And he doesn't want our gold or our silver. He doesn't want our fabrics. He doesn't want all, anything else he created on this earth. The only thing he wants is you. He wants to take you and put you into a brand new body. He wants you to take you to heaven and there's pain, no sorrow, no suffering, to be with him forever and ever and ever. Does, does anybody here think there's somebody around me that, man, now that person, I want to be with me forever and ever and ever and ever. I can't think of anybody. But God thinks that of you and me. You are somebody I want to be around forever. You know, I, I think of that guy standing at the front of the aisle as his bride comes walking down. You don't, you don't notice anything but her. What an amazing experience, a moment in time when you're standing there and your bride is coming. I don't know how the bride feels. She's like going, oh, should I do this? And dad's like, are you sure, honey? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, as the guy, the groom, I, I know what an amazing feeling that is. This is our Lord Jesus. We are his beautiful bride. He cherishes us. He loves us. But I got a lot of stink going on. I got a lot of rottenness happening with me. The longer I live on this earth, it seems like the more grumpy and greedy and lustful and mean I get. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand God's mind. But God so loves the world. But we come to the place going, God, are you willing anymore? <laughs> I used to have the faith to believe that you could cleanse a leper like me. But I, I, I've got a better look at my leprosy. And it's more yucky than I ever knew. I look at my stink. And it's worse than I ever could imagine. Why would you be willing? Are you willing? What do you get out of this? The leper's in essence saying, if you bring me back to normalcy, what, what, what does, how does that benefit you? It doesn't. He just loves us. There needs to be no benefit to him. 
This is just who he is. He's God, our Savior. For unto us a child would be born. Unto us a son would be given. He would be called Wonderful. Amen to that? Counselor, Prince of Peace. The one who fathered eternity. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the one who who basically is, is saying to us today this very thing. Notice in verse 41, Jesus moved with compassion. What did he do? He, he broke the law of the day, not the Bible, but he reaches out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing to be cleansed. First of all, he saw in his face a love, a care. The Bible says in Galatians 6, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus, in essence, saw this man's burden. Yeah, physically, yes, everybody can see that. But the power to speak to him. Most people just run the other direction. Or literally, according to the Pharisee law, you were supposed to throw rocks at them to teach them. To not even try to talk to somebody. He's looking down at the ground. He's all in a kneeling position, just sort of muttering, are you even willing to talk to me? Are you even willing to be near me? Nobody else has been. (laughs) And Jesus looks at him. The guy sees his heart full of love. Jesus just loving this guy, and he senses we're spiritual beings. We can sense it, right? We can sense other people's spirit. Sometimes they can act all happy, and you're like going, that guy is, boy, I I sense spiritually, soulishly, there's something very wrong going on, even though outwardly they're hiding it well. We're spiritual beings. And in essence, Jesus' spirit His great love is just oozing into this man's soul. And then Jesus touches him. Guys, do we understand the power of presence? The power of touch? People sometimes ask me, well, my whatever is dying in the hospital. I I don't know what to do. There's just the power of presence, the power of touch. They sense your spirit bearing their burden with them. I'm here and I'm full of compassion and I, and I am feeling your emotional state that you're in. And I, I want to comfort you. I, I get the comfort, the, the, the dog comfort thing, you know. This is my comfort animal. I don't get a comfort snake or, you know, some of those weird things, but I, I get the idea. Animals have a soul as well, and their little soul huddled up next to your chest, it, it, can, it can heal a wounded soul. But how much more a human? And we see Jesus touching him, the power of the touch. I 
am willing. Be cleansed. And notice immediately, 42 times in the Gospel of John, eight times in chapter one alone, immediately Jesus, a man of action, left and he was cleansed. Some of you are here today and, 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 and maybe this is exactly why God's brought you here today. You're just going, I, 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 I don't think God's willing. I am such a sinner. I feel so bad about myself. Satan often comes as a religious spirit acting like a, 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 a prophet or a priest or a, a, some kind of spiritual voice in your life and just try to condemn you. You're so weak. You're so lustful. You're so greedy. You're so... Just, there's no condemnation in Christ. Jesus' spirit... The Bible, the Bible says if, if God did not withhold his only begotten son, what now would he withhold from you? Do you see what I'm saying? He's willing to cure you of leprosy, and now you're coming up later going, can I have a Band-Aid? No, I'm not going to give you a Band-Aid. If, if he's willing to cure our leprosy by giving his only begotten son to come and to bear our sins on him on the cross, that we can have eternal life. What else is he going to withhold from us? This is the message of the gospel. The Lord is full of compassion for you. He's never had one bad thought about anyone, ever. His thoughts towards you are good and not evil, to give you a hope and a future. His thoughts are full of compassion. His Holy Spirit is present right now, convicting every man on the entire planet, trying to bring them to the place to understand you have leprosy. And I am willing. Quit listening to that voice. Don't listen to that. Stop it. Listen to me. I am willing immediately, right this second. The hand, the skin returns normal. The eyes come back healed. The ears come back on. The nose is replaced. Teeth begin to come back into the mouth. The toes begin to grow back. <laughs> All of a sudden, this guy who's been ate away and stinks, doesn't stink at all, but he smells like a brand new baby. Ten toes, ten fingers. I can see clearly. Ah, oh, I don't fill scabs and holes and I got a nose again. Oh, it's actually running a little bit. Oh, I got a tear. I haven't had any moisture in my head in many years. And then of course the touch. I don't think Jesus just like with his little finger, oop, there you go, I touched you. Oh. I think he grabbed his shoulder as he's kneeled there and he's just massaging it and just holding back his own tears and touching his head and, and just saying, oh, I, I, don't, I can't convey how deep I love you. Later, Jesus would be on the Mount of Olives and he would say, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I wanted to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. Come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is willing. 
God's Holy Spirit's convicting your neighbors right now. That guy who's gruff and seems like he's, oh, get away from me, you Christian. God's Holy Spirit's just (laughs) telling him, I'm willing. I'm full of compassion towards you. I love you. How will they believe unless we tell them? But right now, we need to all come and just renew our faith and to say, Lord, I know you're willing. It's 2017 right now because 2017 years ago, angels were singing. Mary the Virgin was giving birth to a baby. All of heaven was singing joyful praises of God's willingness and God's love to give us a Savior who is Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, we come before you now. Because everything about right now gives us hope. The world tries to say it's a holiday season. We're sensing your spirit. The world right now in this season is sensing your willingness, your hope, your touch, your voice. The world around, they sense your face of compassion towards them in this Christmas time. Proclaiming God so loved the world that he gave. So we give presents. The son, the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, to be willing to heal all our leprosy. Lord, we come before you now. If there's any of you here today that are not right with God, just cry out, God, forgive me, cleanse me, heal me, wash me. I believe you, Jesus. I know you're willing. I don't have to ask you. By faith, I ask you to cleanse me through the blood of the cross, through the death that you died on the cross, but yet you rose again. I could be cleansed. I want to walk out of here brand new, immediately walking and leaping and praising you, God, for all that you've done. And all of you Christians here, thank you, Jesus. Let's just be thankful. Thank you, God, for sending your only begotten son, the prize of all prize of all prizes to you, Father. You love me so much, you're willing to give him for me, for eternity. Why do you want me? Why do you love me? I don't understand such a mercy, a kindness, a love, but I receive it. I want to be in heaven with you cleanse me now to be able to head into this new year just walking in a purity that I don't even know about walking in a love I've never experienced walking in the spirit bearing fruit more than I've ever bore before I know you're willing (laughs) take me Lord I'm yours in Jesus precious name and everyone said amen amen